Host Smash in the house. What's up, Alex? How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. Just as good as I was yesterday. It's funny because we'll, um, we'll do these podcasts and we'll have them going on our um, Anchor app and then on SoundCloud as well. And it'll look like we've done them over a period of days, but like we really just did this like 12 or 24 hours ago. So yeah, we're back at it. Back at it. <laughs> Never have enough SEC football. Uh, we'll wait for J- JB to come in. I think he's finally here. Finally, JB has come back to the podcast. I am finally back. Let's get rolling, dudes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is um, JB. He told me not to call him Tinder King of Memphis, but we're definitely going to call him Tinder King of Memphis because that is his identity. Um, not to go too off topic, Tinder King of Memphis, did you have a good night last night? I did. Uh, just had a little few drinks at my apartment <laughs> and uh, sat around with my dog and uh, watched a little bit of uh, highlights from all the games, of uh, the baseball games from that day. We all know what that's what that is code for, so you don't. We don't have to go into detail, but we know what we know what happened, JB. We know <laughs> we know what happened. Um, Holt, have you finally got your your beauty sleep in? Um, yeah, I mean, I was trying to. Um, you know, we were going to record this at like ten thirty, and uh, I got home around two a.m. So I was thinking I could get like a solid eight hours of sleep, but uh, you know, I got home and had to take a shower and. Got busy doing some stuff, and then I get a text like at 9 a.m. from Alex saying, "Like, dude, are you ready yet?" <laughs> yeah, like, that, like we didn't, like <laughs> we didn't talk. That's Alex's texting voice, by the way. Yeah, yeah. like when he every time he texts me, that's how I read it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can, yeah. Just, I can imagine like his text is like, "Bruh, are you ready?" <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was just like, man, like what the hell? I'm just like, I ended up only getting like four hours of sleep. I'm like. I'm just, I just get a little grumpy sometimes. Well, I don't mean to be mean to you. I just, I, mean, I thought we were on, doing like, it at 10:30, so I was planning on being ready at 10:30. We're all grinding here for for the SEC because um, it just means more, right? Whole eats more. Just yeah. eat, excuse me, just right. eats more. But both of those are true. The best yeah. food and the best football in the world. <laughs> well, there's a little difference because I'm the, the all the way in the East Coast, really just Eastern time zone here in Atlanta, and y'all are on Central time zone, so I'm a little bit more awake than y'all always are, but I'm always more tired at night when we do this. But nevertheless, that'll never stop us talking about Alabama motherfucking Crimson Tide football. I don't know if you've known, but I think this this is probably the very first and only podcast in the world for Alabama's football season preview this year. So I'm very excited to be very unique and original with this. Yeah. Um, Nobody ever talks about Alabama, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, they don't get enough fanfare, like, so, I mean, this is for you, Alabama fans. This is all yeah. for you. Yeah, we were. We, uh, I mean, truth be told, we were a little bit too much on Auburn's ball sack, as JB said yesterday in our text text message. But um, that's just because we, we do like Auburn this year, next year, this past year, or this, excuse me, this year coming up. And um, we like Alabama. I mean, it's good for the SEC that they win all the national championships and everything. Um, we just want some more competition in the SEC, be, make it more competitive. Um, so we'll, we'll start that. Start it off. Uh, before we actually officially start off, we need um, we'll call JB out this time, as always, to give us a roll damn tide. Uh, I'm gonna re- defer this over to Holt mm. today. This gotta be nah, Holt. You, this gotta be you Holt are, today. You resemble Harvey Updike way more than I do. Yeah, you look like a Mike. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> I gotta say this one time, Paul. <laughs> I know it might make some people mad, but I gotta say it. <laughs> roll damn tide. Hell yeah. 
JB, that's your best one yet. I love that. That was, that was, that was a good one. That was a good one. I like that. <laughs> all right, so let's before we even get into uh, this year's Alabama football, let's just reminisce about all the great seasons Alabama's had since Nick Saban's taken over. A um, couple questions I want to ask. Uh, well, I'll start with Holt first. Uh, Holt, who are you going to miss the most from last year for this Alabama's team? Um, man, that's tough. I mean, well, I'd have to say Calvin Ridley. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, he's just a really explosive player, and he always uh, – I mean, I'm not going to miss him personally because <laughs> he always killed Mississippi State when they that played That was my him. bro. That was my bro. He, he, he literally, like – like, I mean, Alabama would have lost to Mississippi State last year if they didn't have Calvin Ridley. I'm just saying. Well, he like, didn't score that touchdown, though. He didn't score. He just got there. Close. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about, like, the whole game before that. And plus, he, he had, like, a long touchdown catch where he stepped out of bounds, so that's a whole other story. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Calvin Ridley with the Atlanta Falcons now, um, big-time playmaker. They're missing him. They're going to miss Washington. They're going to be okay without him. They have, yeah. like, you know, like 10 five-star receivers, so I yeah, think they're going to yeah. be okay. But yeah, I'm going to miss watching him. Um, I'm trying to think uh, if there's me, somebody else. Oh, like, yeah, in. like Rashawn Evans uh, also was a really fun player to watch. He's not there anymore. And, Alex, uh, I guess I'll just let you talk now. Yeah. Go ahead. I am about to jizz if you don't let me talk. I got to talk about my boy Minka Fitzpatrick because he's my favorite player to watch probably in the last – not the last 10 years, but he's a, he's a, one of the most fun players to watch at Alabama, even as a freshman uh, two years ago. And, JB, hold your tongue in your jizz. I'll let you talk about Alabama football in a second. But um, Minka Fitzpatrick is probably one of my favorite players just because I think it was two years ago whenever um, they lost to Clemson, whenever they had like the – they had a turnover or defensive touchdown or defensive score touchdown or turnover every single game that that streak going and Mika Fitzpatrick was a huge part of that. He got injured, but he was he was a huge part. He had a bunch of interceptions, so I really enjoyed that. <laughs> now, what I'll ask JB is over the years, JB, Alabama's had some great teams, some very talented teams. Out of all the teams that Nick Saban's coached at Alabama, who was your favorite offensive player at Alabama? Shoot, like, I thought you were going to ask me a defensive player. but no, uh, I'm going to ask Holt that, but I'll ask you the offense because I, I think Holt's – you know, Holt, Holt played defense back in the day, I think. I think he played a little bit of everything. He was your, he was your utility guy in the uh, the football team. But I'll ask you about um, their offensive guy. Uh, for offense, uh, my favorite guy to watch was Trent Richardson. Uh, he was really? an outstanding college running back. Like, I loved watching him. Uh, the way he was just really shifty. And uh, he had such a great uh, boost of acceleration, too. And a, a power, a true power back that still had a lot of uh, breakaway speed. Uh, the best run I ever saw him make was, again, <clears throat> let me think, it was 2011. Ole Miss. Against, against Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah. He had completely made uh, Mike Hilton juke him out of his shoes and just yeah. rolled right into the end zone. Yeah. yeah and that was after he already ran for, like, 70 yards before that. Exactly. Yeah, like, that was incredible. Unfortunately, I, he didn't have much of an NFL career. Uh, I don't know why he never really panned out. I guess because he just never knew how to hit the hole in the NFL. <laughs> Which you don't have a problem with that, do you, JB? Tender King of Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> you did have to add that. All right, JB, we'll, we'll shut you off. Let's you, let, you need to go ahead and put it on mute so you can get all your last your giggles out of your system real quick. Well, there's no such thing as mute. Okay, well, just we're go no cover filter. Your mouth. We're, no, we're no filter on here. Go, go cover your mouth and giggle somewhere in the corner. <laughs> Um, yeah, I turned Richardson's, uh, I forgot how good he was. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't forget, but 
Um, I remember him being good in college, but there was always that debate of whether Mark Ingram and Trent, Rich, Trent Richardson was better. Um, I said Trent Richardson, but I mean, man, Mark Ingram was good too. I would say though, my favorite player in Alabama over the years with Saban was would probably be um, Amari Cooper, not Julio, but Amari Cooper. He was uh, ridiculous, and that was part of partly because of uh, Kiffin knowing how to use him properly and instead of like as if Mark Cooper played with um, Saban as or a Saban-like offensive coordinator. They would run the ball more, um, but Kiffin really opened up the offense with Amari Cooper, and it was really exciting. Yeah. He made, he made uh, Barrett Sims look good, or, yeah, Barrett Sims look really, really Blake. good. Blake. Blake. Blake Sims. Blake Sims. Who's, who's Barrett? Is Barrett Jones. Like? Barrett Jones. Um, well, I think they had a baby, and it was Barrett Sims. It was his it offense. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> Barrett Jones center, and then – Barrett Jones is from Memphis, by the way. Shout out, shout out. Shout out to he, 901. I played, PCS. Uh, I played – I played baseball against his brother, and he looks like he should not have been on the same field as me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was he was on my team one year. Yeah, he, actually, yeah. he he played at Alabama for like a minute. I don't know if he ever actually played, but he was he was like a tight end or something. I think. Well, funny story. I I played a, a coach pitch uh, baseball with uh, Barrett Jones. He was on my team uh, back when I was probably like seven or eight years old. Yeah, well, I guess we were all we're all pretty famous here, as you can tell. <laughs> we know people, um, so we'll go back to the defensive player. I wonder if they're uh, listening to our podcast, saying like, "Man, like I used to play baseball with them." <laughs> oh, with, with Alex Holt and David. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I actually have the picture I pulled out in front of me of uh, myself and Barrett Jones in our team photo. Is it on your That's fridge? Pretty cool. Yeah, do you just like have that laying around, JV? Like, do you keep it? <laughs> no, in <your> no, <laughs> no. It's actually like in my little junk drawer of all my, uh, you know, childhood memories. <laughs> you, you keep you all your childhood job. memories in a drawer. I mean, yeah, it's all in a drawer, <laughs> like stuff that I've had that I've accumulated over the years. Not to, um, not to get too off topic, but I do remember fondly remember that uh, I went to your your house. Um, in your playroom back in the day, and you had like a Whataburger bag and wrapper saved. From, like, I did. Yeah, that was uh, I saved all the Whataburger uh, wrappers <laughs> and um, cups and bags from one of my trips when I went to Destin because I wanted to keep, see how much I could eat Whataburger that week. And I think I went to Whataburger like six or seven times. That week. <laughs> so I just accumulated all of it. Yeah, that was actually the one time I've ever been Whataburgered out. I will never do that again. <laughs> Whataburger is good though. No, no, um, no harm in that. Saying that it is good. Uh, so we'll go back to Holt. Um, Holt, did you play? First of all, did you play offense or defense? Because I just said you played defense, but I think you played both. And then um, tell me who your f- favorite defensive player was for Saban at Alabama. Yeah, I, I mean, I pretty much played like all over the place. I didn't really play a lot, uh, but dual, they dual let, threat they, quarterback, there, right? Yeah, they they let me they let me go in sometimes. Uh, you know, when the JV game was blo- was blown out. But you, you were dual threat, right? Dual threat quarterback. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, Defensive player. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. Man, that's like a really tough question. There's been so many over the years. I was always, always loved uh, Rolando McClain. Yeah. Um, he's like one dude who like jumps out of me. That like I remember liking a lot. Um, especially like those early teams, like the first year. Uh, that they were really good. I think it was Saban's second year. Um, the, like, those players were the ones that I liked a lot more just because they weren't, like, the five-star, like, 
huge recruited players, but they still like played really well. I mean, that just goes to show how good of a coach Saban is. But like, uh, like Javier Arenas, I remember him like returning punts and also turned into like a great cornerback like later in his career. Um, yeah, I mean, they do. They've had so many. I mean, you could go so many different directions. I was a big fan of uh, uh, Reggie Ragland a few years ago. Yeah, I thought he yeah, was like he was a really, good. really good player to watch. Really good leader. They always have such good line. I mean, they're good everywhere. But yeah, they always yeah, have they such are. good middle yeah. linebackers. And it's you know, to me, a middle linebacker is like, you know, one of the most fun positions to watch because they're fast and they're big and they're just like blowing people up. So uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could go so many different directions. They've had so many players over the years. They are. Debbie, hold, hold, hold up, yeah. Debbie, hold up. Let me okay. talk. I'll, All right, I can hold talk. Up. Let's go. Why not hold? Sorry, Alex. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say, I'll say my favorite players were. I like Minka, but I'm not gonna say him as my favorite. Jonathan Allen was really good a couple years ago. Um, I really liked watching him, and then I, I do like, I did like Ha Ha Clinton Dents, not just because of his name, but he was a really good player too. But he's fun to I say. I love hearing Vern Lindquist. Uh, pronounce his name every time during the broadcast because he'd be like ha ha clinton <laughs> shout to burn <laughs> all right JB, what, you. what you got jb all right when i think of alabama i always think of the uh outstanding linebackers and uh saving system with that three four lineup uh my favorite player during that era was dante hightower i think he was oh, yeah. the uh i think he was probably what really was like the, his first great linebacker of all the great linebackers that have come through there like the ones you mentioned like reggie ragland and uh Rolando McLean, but Hightower was it was outstanding. Uh, he was a force up the middle. Uh, he was the commander of defense, uh, that first championship defense. And, uh, you know, he's now having an all-pro NFL career, still going strong. Uh, as far as secondary, uh, I like Drake Kirkpatrick. He was a shutdown corner. Nothing would ever get past him. And he was one of the – he was part of that same class, I believe, that was with Julio Jones and Mark Ingram and Dante Hightower, which is – Probably one of the greatest recruiting classes Saban ever had. Drake, Drake, or not Patrick. to get a yeah. I was about to say not to get like I hate that I remember this, but Kirkpatrick was actually the 2009 class. That was a year after oh, that 2008. After. Yeah, that 2008 class was pretty loaded. They had like Dante Hightower and Mark Ingram, Julio Jones, and like I mean you could just go. I think uh, Barry Jones is in that class too. I think you could just go on like for days with the, like that whole recruiting class is loaded. Um, they had like three five stars, but only one of them panned out, and that was Julio Jones. But like yeah. all their four stars, like all their four stars, turned into big players. So yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. one. I remember one five star, Tyler Love. That guy like never even saw the field, did he? No, but his brother is the. Uh, he works for Kiffin. He's like the. Uh, he's not the strength coach, but he's like the energy guy, like on the sideline that's always like jumping up and down. Wait, like he, they showed. Yeah, they showed. He was in the national championship game uh, a few years ago when he was still at Alabama too. Uh, Jeez, um, his name's Wilson Love, but like it, it's just so funny. Like they always show him on the sideline, like with a towel, like waving it around and like yelling. And <laughs> he's just like he's just one of those people that's like super intense and like always like turned up to eleven. <laughs> uh, fun fun fact for you all listening. Um, I do know that Dre Kirkpatrick, whenever he was a sophomore junior, he was the fastest guy on Alabama's team and probably in NCAA football um to play at quarterback so if you're ever playing that game and you wanted a fast quarterback you put Kirk Patrick in and throw everybody off because nobody can catch him but I, I did um I did like him a lot too I forgot him it's just like our thing there's too many too many guys to even single out one person as being the best or your favorite but there were there were a lot of great players and um still are a lot of great players um with that uh what one more one more little we won't go into detail too much but just a little 
quick, quick fun fact. Um, Holt, Holt Smash here uh, was a frat star at Mississippi State, but did you know before he went to Mississippi State, he was all up on Alabama's nut sack before Saban even got there. But then a little bit before Saban got there, but then when he got there, he knew everything about every single recruit ever, including dual threat quarterback Star Jackson. Yeah. Oh, he thought he thought Star Jackson was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Well, I mean, maybe if Saban would have just used him right, he would have been. Yeah, but the the, <laughs> the story the story goes. So you're you're an Alabama fan. Well, actually, even before Alabama, I remember going to your house and seeing like Mississippi State and Ole Miss decorations in your house, like in your playroom, like the trash cans, and then and then after I think in middle school you started middle school is when you started to turn up on Alabama. High school you went crazy. I remember. My mom dropped us off at school the day Julio committed. It was like National Signing Day. He signed a letter of intent, and you told me like right before we went to class that like Julio signed. That was like one of Saban's first big recruits. And then you liked Alabama all the way through high school, and then you ended up going to Mississippi State, and then you obviously liked Mississippi State, and you slowly, slowly declined on Alabama, and then um, now you just like kind of whatever with Alabama. You don't hate them, you don't love them, correct? Yeah, I mean that's pretty uh, pretty accurate. Uh, my dad is from Birmingham. And like my whole dad's side of the family are like all Alabama fans, yeah. so I grew up. I, you know, Memphis isn't too far from Tuscaloosa, which is where like obviously we all grew up, and so we would go down there like two or three games a year. I remember we went and saw them beat Southern Miss like seventeen to three. I think it was two thousand three, and Shad Williams had like one hundred and fifty rushing yards. If you guys remember him, no, he was like a Texas I Tech did. transfer, little short running back that Alabama had for a couple of years. That was pretty good. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I like, honestly, I had like, just like you were saying, I, I didn't have any allegiances at all. Like I, I had like, old, you know, people would give me like Ole Miss stuff and like Tennessee stuff. And, like I would just wear like whatever. I didn't like really care. And then I started, you know, about, you know, about that time, about 2003, 2004 is when I started to really like Alabama. And then I graduated high school right when Alabama was starting to get good. And then I went to go be a dog state fan. I go dog. Yeah. Right, and then that's, like, when Alabama got, like, really good, too. So, I actually, like, pulled for Alabama when they sucked. Like, I'm, like, the opposite of everybody else. Like, I like I pulled for them when they were terrible, and then, like, once they got good, I was, like, a Mississippi State fan at that point. So, like, it, I didn't really get to enjoy, like, a lot of it. I mean, I my, my senior year of high school, they, it was the first national championship, so I guess I can say, like, I was pretty excited about that. But as far as, like, this big run they've been on goes, I kind of ducked out, like, towards the beginning of it, and – yeah, I mean, I, I, when I went to Mississippi State, I thought there was, like, no chance in hell I would stop being an Alabama fan. Like, I really did. But, like, you know, State just – I don't know. They just won me over. And, like, I, you know, I went to all the games, and it was just so much fun. And I love the school spirit and everything. And yeah. we started off, like, 7-0 and one year. And, you know, we played Alabama. We were both undefeated. And I was just like, man, like, I'm actually from Mississippi State this game. Like, this is really weird. Yeah, so um, the the cowbells will get you feeling some type of way, I've been told. Um, with that, we can finally get into talking about the offense and defense this year and special teams that did lose J.K. Scott, so I don't know if they're going to be able to recover in the next championship without J.K. Scott. I mean, I kind of joke about that, but I do love J.K. Scott. He's probably the best punter and most fun punter to watch in college that I've even witnessed, or not witnessed, that I can remember, I guess. Um, but let's talk about their offense first. So they um, – they return their offense is going to be the strong suit this year is what I think. I think most people probably would agree. Um, they return seven, seven starters. And one of those starters could be Jalen Hurts or Tua, which is the big um, offseason topic, not even in just SEC talk, but 
nationwide, especially after that uh, second and 26 Hail Mary that he threw against the dogs. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be the, the starter. I mean, I think I think he's going to be the starter because I think there's going to be too much pressure for um, for to not start him, I guess. But I, I still like Jalen Hurts a lot. I think people don't give him enough credit for as much – much as he's done for Alabama to get them to the national championship, yeah, he can't throw as great as two of. I think he's a great, great um, quarterback still, and he can he can run a little bit. Um, they also have what's his name, Judy. Is that is that I'm saying his name right? Holt. Yeah, yeah, that's Judy's right. the wide receiver, and they have um, Najah Harris coming back with Damian Harris, I guess leading. But I like Najah Harris even more than uh, Damian Harris. He's he's no another Derrick Henry, Bo Scarborough type of running back. I really like a lot. So really excited for them on offense. Um, they have um, I think Mike Loxley uh, coming as their offensive coordinator first season. Um, he I think I forgot what he was assistant coach on the offense. I forgot exactly what he did um, offense. I think he was the co-offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach last year, and now he's the the offensive coordinator. And um, I think. The way Saban did this for offense and defense, he kind of wanted to make sure there's more stability instead of having a coach that was a coordinator that was good and then had the chance to leave for another head coaching opportunity. So um, probably more stability now with offense. So we'll, we'll turn it over to JB, um, stick with the offense theme for you. What do you like about their offense? Are you excited? Do you think, they, um, do you think the offense is going to lead everybody, lead the team this year? I do like the offense. Um... Uh, promoting uh, Mike Loxley from within. It's going to create some continuity from what uh, Dable ran uh, from the previous uh, couple of years. So I, I do like the way it's going to look. Uh, I don't really know who's going to win the starting job. I don't think it's just going to be handed to Tua. I'm automatically going to go to Tua. I mean, we can we can debate about this all the time. But, uh, you know, we saw Tua only come in for, you know, a few snaps here and there throughout the season. And then he comes in and has an outstanding second half, and everyone just wants to mark him as starting quarterback. Like, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback that got them there. He's the one that got him the national championship as a true freshman against Clemson and only lost at the end of a game. Being out there, there was a defense that had a, gave up a drive to Sean Watson. Or, no, the junior to Sean Watson. And then uh, last year, Jalen Hurts is the one that got him to the national championship game as well. So I don't think it's going to be – you know, for sure, bet that Tua wins the job. Uh, I do like uh, Damian Harris. Damian Harris is going to be a solid power back. He's going to be the lead back. Uh, he's more in the mold of a uh, Derrick Henry type uh, receivers. Uh, they have a really strong group of receivers. Losing Ridley is not going to be the worst thing for them. And on the offensive line, uh, their offensive line is not going to be a problem either. They're going to be able to enforce their will and control the trenches. They've always been able to do it. And even though this is pretty much just like reload, like, they lose a few starters from last year's team, but they're going to be fine. Holt, do you think that uh, Judy can be the next Ridley, Julio, Amari Cooper? Do you think he has the talent and ability to, I guess, more of an opportunity to do that with the quarterback, especially with if Tua is a quarterback, more throwing quarterback, do you think he can be the next Alabama great receiver? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough question. I mean, you're putting him up there with, like, three of the best receivers we've seen to come out of this conference, you know, in the last decade. Um, you know, I don't know. He's a really highly recruited guy. Henry Ruggs is another guy who could potentially be, like, the number one. He had a, a lot of big catches last year. Uh, I think half his catches went for touchdowns, which is, like, kind of crazy to think about. Um, but, yeah, they should – you know, I don't know if, like, him specifically is going to be, like, a superstar. I definitely think he has the potential, but – 
they definitely are not going to be hurting your receiver. I think they're going to be just fine. And, um, you know, not to go back to the quarterback competition, like, too much. I know this gets, like, talked about on every media outlet, like, all the time. But just real quick, just my thoughts on it are just, you know, Jalen Hurts, like, does not screw up. And if you have a quarterback at Alabama that doesn't screw up, you're going to win 90 95% of your games. So that's just something to think about, like, you know, everyone who just assumes two is going to win the job. Um, Saban usually goes to the more conservative quarterback who's who's not going to turn the ball over. And, uh, you know, Tua made some big plays last year, but in the short time he played, he also made, uh, like, some really bad choices, including that sack right before the, the long touchdown pass to beat Georgia. So, you know, he you definitely maybe had to take the good with the bad a little bit more with Tua. And, I mean, again, I don't know if there's enough in the sample for us to really – yeah, say for sure about Tua, but you know that's just something to look at. Is like we we know Jalen is gonna not screw up and let the the receivers, the running backs, like kind of run the <laughs> offense and uh, let the defense dominate the game. So uh, yeah, but you know I think their offense has a chance to be really good again this year, even with you know Hurts or Tua. I think it's gonna be really good. Um, they lo- they do lose a lot on defense, but you know they bring back Raekwon Davis, who's probably gonna be a first round draft pick next year. And, uh, you know, obviously they're always loaded. So, uh, I don't think Alabama is going to take a step back at all this year. Getting, uh, getting too excited about their defense. We're going to talk about their defense in a second here. Um, what I'll follow up a couple of things that you said here. So, you, you talked about um, Tua is not as – not stable. Well, I'm not trying to think of the words. He's not as conservative as Jalen. Jalen Jalen won't lose your games, but Tua can lose your games because he, he throws more. He's more of a gunslinger. He'll – maybe throw some interception, make more bad decisions. But um, uh, that's a good point, I think, because a lot of people do forget about that. Or people just remember that Hail Mary. I, I mean, it wasn't officially a Hail Mary, but we're going to call it that the touchdown pass to win in that championship game on second and 26 um, against Georgia. But um, people do forget that he was in a second and 26 position position because he got sacked and he did throw the ball away at the right time. It's just, it's just people, people get – blurred vision of what actually happened in the past because they just remember the good things and not necessarily the bad things. So um, I, I do think Tua will start, but I think um, I think I wouldn't be wouldn't be upset if Jalen Jalen started. Uh, another question I'll ask you, Holt, is if Tua is the starter this year. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Jalen's going to transfer. His dad's come out um, and said that Jalen's going to transfer. Jalen reaffirmed to I think Saban last week or two weeks ago that he's not transferring no matter what. Um, but he would, he could potentially transfer as a grad student next year and have uh, no restrictions on uh, play time. I mean, he could play immediately is what I'm saying. But do you think if Tua is a starter, uh, do you think, and Saban, Saban said that there's been a possibility that he could play both quarterbacks. Do you see that, do you see a situation where Tua could be the starter and Jalen could come in as like a wildcat or some like special special play play calls stuff like that, or do you think do you think two or not two? Do you think Jalen could even be like a running back or a tight end? Because that's what people say his future is for the NFL if he want to play in the NFL. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Jalen Hurts is a quarterback, and I think he thinks he's a quarterback, and he's not going to go off of that. Um, for I mean, for better or for worse, I think especially in college, he's proven that he can play quarterback at this level. He's you know, he was the – wasn't he, like, the SEC Offensive Player of the Year yeah, as a true what, freshman? Like, yeah, he was. Yeah, he so, was. I mean, it's not like – let's not sit here and act like he's, you know, 
some just below average quarterback. Like if he doesn't win the job at Alabama, I fully expect him to transfer and I fully expect him to be in very, very high demand. And I expect him to end up at a big school. I don't know specifically where I know he's from Texas. So maybe he goes to, you know, one of the Texas schools or, or what, I don't know, but all I know is is if he, if he transfers out, he's going to be in high demand. I don't know if he really fits the Texas A&M offense, uh, per se, because I think Jimbo's more of a – he doesn't really like dual-threat quarterbacks. Also, I think uh, he would go out of conference, too, if he transferred. Yeah, I think he would probably would go out of conference. So, yeah, I mean, would. there's there's a million places he could go. Um, I think he would be, just like I said, very high demand. He could probably play for any school in the country that he wanted to. Um, so, I don't think he's going to be a running back slash tight end slash walk at quarterback when he knows he can go somewhere else and be, like, the main yeah. quarterback. Right. Now, the only way this will actually work out is if uh, Saban limits his playing time to where he could still be eligible to get the grad transfer. And yeah. I do think that's what uh, Jalen Hurst probably requests. If he doesn't win the job, I think he'll be content with, you know, backing up to a, for the season, but he doesn't want to play unless, you know, it's actually good. That's a good point. This actually brings me to my next point or next question I'll ask, I'll ask you, JB. Um, with the new, the new um, what's it called, the uh, red shirt rules, uh, red shirt, where, yeah. where you can play up to four games and still keep your red shirt. So somebody tweeted this out last week. Uh, it was, I forgot who it was, but they said <laughs> this would be very interesting if it happened. It would, it would never happen, but it'd be, it'd be a fun scenario. So Alabama could theoretically play their three quarterbacks, Tua, Jalen Hurts, and Mac Jones. Um, they could theoretically, theoretically play them each four games and still keep their eligibility. And, of course, if they play an SEC championship in a bowl game, that would, you know, take somebody's eligibility away because it would be more than four games. But they could, they, they had a scenario where you played you played Mac Jones with the, the easy wins, the, the easy non-conference wins, um, and then you played Jalen Hurts with, like, the, the next best four opponents they play, and they play Tua with the best opponents of, so like, the Auburn and – or not Georgia, Auburn and Mississippi State, you play Jalen Hurts, Tua. So – you could get a situation where each guy plays four games each and they would still keep their eligibility. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, you want to comment on that, JB? Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. This is the kind of stuff you would do on an NCAA football football game because on that game, there's no such thing as chemistry. You just plug anybody in and they can play. But uh, in college football, in reality, like you only have one, you only need one quarterback. You know, If you have more than one quarterback, you don't have a quarterback. That's what Spurrier always said. And it's it's going to be one or the other between Tua and Hurts. But the best thing about this new uh, rule is that those guys can play up to four games and still get registered. So that, they always had that in college basketball. And I'm glad they finally have implemented this in college football because this is going to be great for guys that may be true freshmen that come in and might be able to play immediately. But then they're, we find out that maybe they're not prepared. So then the coaches are able to, you know, get play them a few games, uh, get them ready. And if they're not ready, they can just sit them down the rest of the season, let them take a red shirt, and let them learn the playbook, and they come back next year much better. And they don't lose a year of eligibility. I'll ask you uh, one more question, Debbie, um, unrelated to the quarterback, more talking about the running back. So I don't know if anybody's as as high as I am on Najah Harris. If you just look how big he is and how, how great he ran in the national championship game, he's a, he's a good running back. I think he's I think he's one of the best. Not not the best they've had because they've had Derrick Henry and a lot of good running backs. But I think he has the potential to be like Derrick Henry. He's coming back for his sophomore year now, so and Damian Harris is a senior. So if you if you think most people will say, 
or if you think about it, just most people say that Damian Harris is a better running back because of the experience. He's been there. I think he was like all SEC first or second team. And nobody's really talking about Najee Harris too much. But I think I think that uh, Najee Harris could potentially be better than Damian Harris this year because it is his second year. And um, I think he has more overall potential. Do you think that's realistic, JB? Or do you think that this is Damian Harris? He's way better than Najee. And he's going to get the first carries. You Or do you think there's a situation where we go through halfway through the year and Najee Harris becomes a first running back? Oh, I think it's definitely. Uh, Damian Harris, you know, by most, uh, is going to be listed as a starter. He'll definitely be the one that gets the first touches during uh, the beginning of the season. Maybe at some point uh, Najee will get the touches, you know, at the beginning of the game. But Saban and his teams have always had running backs by committee. They always rotate about two to three backs throughout the game. And, they both prefer to always use three, but it'll definitely be the, the two Harrises that'll be getting the majority of the touches. I think yeah. Damien's I think Damien's gonna get the most, but the sophomore is definitely gonna come in a lot too. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about him. I'm not completely on his nut sack, but just maybe one nut. But not as wiener. Not as wiener. Just one nut. Um, so let's switch over to defense real quick. Uh, <laughs> nice little segue here to defense. Um, the last hole of the day he stopped that. That is not me. I think we're good now. Um, so switching over to defense, they have a lot of turnover defense. They have only three returning starters, and um, I'm sure a bunch of five stars coming in to replace replace the players gone. So um, defense to me is a little bit of a area of concern. Um, I, I mean, I think. I think Saban's going to be okay because – or Alabama's going to be okay because Saban's still coaching, and I think he can still coach up players, and he still has a bunch of talent coming in. So I think they'll be fine, but that's something that they you might not see be as good as they have been in the past. It's going to be kind of um, different or weird to think about or look at because you normally see Alabama's defense take over and Alabama's offense just run the ball and be pretty good. But this year, this might be the, one of the first years uh, – Last three or four years, for the offense like better than defense. So I'll talk to Oz Cole. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think their front seven is going to be, uh, you know, one of the best in the country as usual. I think they got two really talented linebackers in the middle, Mac Wilson and Dylan Moses, um, two you know former five star players like you know you were saying, big surprise. Um, they return <laughs> uh, Isaiah Bugs and Raquan Davis on the defensive line, um, who are both. Uh, you know, big time players, just like we were saying earlier, Raekwon Davis is a, you know, future first round draft. He's just a monster. I mean, if you watch the national championship game and, you know, basically any Alabama game last, uh, last year, excuse me, um, you know, he's one of the best players you're going to see in college football. Um, the main thing that I'm worried about is the secondary. Uh, I think they lost all four starters from their secondary last year, including your boy Minka. No, they did. Um, so it'll be interesting to see maybe when they face some teams who can throw the ball a little bit, like maybe week three at, at Ole Miss. Maybe they will see how that how they're going to do in that game. Uh, and uh, you know, but at the same time, there aren't like really a lot of teams on their schedule that you look at and think, man, like they're really going to throw the ball on them. Like maybe you know, Ole, yeah, Ole Miss, A and M, Auburn, maybe a little bit. Uh, and I mean, that's really it. I, well, I mean, they do play Missouri at home too, so maybe that's another game to to watch out for. But uh. You know, I mean, to say Alabama is going to struggle in the secondary is, is relative. I mean, that's, you know, they're not going to be like one of the worst secondaries in the country or anything. I'm just not sure they're going to be as good as they usually are. And that may be like 
uh, the weakness of the defense, but at the same time, they're probably still going to be like the best defense in the country, to be honest. Uh, so I asked JB. Uh, we we talk about front seven a lot in, deep, uh, in the SEC for defense, and um, we we talk about how how great a lot of teams are for the front seven. And Holt just mentioned that they're going to have the one of the best front sevens in the country. Uh, do you think? Oh, I guess how would you how would you rank Alabama's front seven compared to the rest of the SEC? Which, if you're in the top of the SEC, you're probably the top of the country. Like, uh, well, their front seven is definitely amongst the uh, top three in the conference. I think that Auburn still has the best front seven in this conference. Uh, I think that uh, Mississippi State is, is – I don't know. It's really hard. I, I'm probably going to give the edge to Alabama second and have Mississippi State third. But yeah. Auburn, to me, has the best front seven. And a lot of that's just due to the experience they have, too, and the continuity they're going to have with Kevin Steele. Uh, I really like the, you know, the momentum they're carrying from last year. Uh, I like Auburn's front seven a lot. They're probably my favorite one. But, yeah. Uh, like I but they still have a lot of returning starters, uh, especially on the defensive line with uh, Bugs and Raquan Davis. Uh, they lose to Ron Payne in the middle. That's going to be a big loss. But uh, they're going to have a fifth-year senior, Johnny Dwight, plugging in right there. So I don't really I don't think it's going to be that much of a, a drop-off. But, you know, losing Payne, especially a big playmaker like he was, especially <laughs> like the plays he made in the Clemson game, like, yeah, it's going to be a loss. But Johnny Dwight's an experienced guy. He knows, he knows the defense really well. It's not going to – be a huge transition yeah um and I'm, I'm you said mississippi state is probably just just barely behind alabama's front seven and i would yeah i'd probably i probably agree with you i i really like mississippi state's front seven also but the only reason why i would put alabama ahead of them is because of history and i just think alabama's defense is always always great and Saban's always got always coaches them up well or the defensive coordinator this year is going to yeah do, do we'll more yeah See, I would give Alabama the edge just because of their linebackers. I think Alabama has better linebackers. Uh, defensive lines, I think Alabama and Mississippi State are fairly equal. Oh, I don't know, man. I, I probably have to say Mississippi State. Oh, let's see what Holt has to say because Mississippi State has uh, Jeffrey Simmons leading that line, and I think that Simmons is one of the best in the SEC. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the pretty much all the all-commerce teams, they have uh, two – Mississippi State has two guys um, out of the four on the defensive line on the, on the all-SEC first team. Montez Sweat, who led the SEC in sacks last year, and Jeffrey Simmons, who, in my opinion, is probably going to be the best player in the conference this year. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but I think he's uh, he's one of the best defensive linemen that I've ever watched. So, I mean, it'll be, you know, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, Alabama always has guys, and just like I was saying, Raekwon Davis is definitely, like, n- nothing to, you know, point your nose up at. Like, I mean, he's a monster. Um and uh, the, but I mean, my biggest concern about Alabama's defense besides the secondary would be the depth at linebacker. They do have uh, a lot of really talented players, like the first, you know, like in the two deep. But uh, you know, we saw last year when they sustained some injuries, and they've already sustained one. Um, I think I'm not 100, percent but I think it, it's Jennings that's out for the year. I think it's uh, Terrell. Terrell Davis. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Terrell Lewis, Terrell Lewis. Lewis, yeah, yeah. See, I, okay. I, I know one name. I just don't know both. Yeah, okay. Well, they, they, I know they lost a, a linebacker for the season, and uh, that was a weak spot for them last year when they had some injuries. So, you know, we'll see if they're able to stay healthy there, um, because that was something that I think Mississippi State and Auburn were able to take advantage of last year. Yeah, I'm, um, I, I'm really excited about the Mississippi State game, which we'll, we'll get to the schedule. But I mean, 
we were talking about going to that. We're going to Auburn Tennessee game, but uh, personally, we should probably go. We should probably try to go to the Mississippi State Alabama game. If you have like two or three hundred dollars lying around, we should go to the game. Yeah, dude. The last time I went to Tuscaloosa wearing Mississippi State stuff, I said that like I was never going to go there again. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just I'll wear my Memphis stuff, so it'll be all right. Well, I mean, it's like it's like I mean, ninety ninety five percent of the fans are fine, but it's just like. You get somebody like some like dumb redneck who's just like got like something to say. Like it's just like, dude, leave me alone. I don't know you. Like, why are you trying to yeah. talk to me? Like, I probably like not to be a dick, but I probably know way more about Alabama football than you do. So you should probably just shut up. What's the um? Yeah. Like, what's the guy's name? The Mississippi State fan that's from Alabama. That's a meteorologist. Everybody knows. You I don't know. Yeah. No, 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 no. You know who I'm talking about. We he kind of gets made fun of a little bit on Twitter, but he's he's the guy that's that's he loves Mississippi State. And he's like he's the biggest Mississippi State fan, and he's is uh, he went to Alabama. He's from Alabama, but he's he, you talking uh, about Stingray? Yeah, Stingray. Oh, I thought you said like a meteorologist. I was like, what are you talking I, yeah. about? Yeah, he was studying to be a meteorologist. I think I don't know uh, if Stingray is ever going to be a meteorologist. Yeah, well, no, I don't know anything about that. And I love how JB just assumes he's stupid because he's on the internet. <laughs> messed up, dude. For all you know, Stingray could be like really smart. I mean. Stingray. Wait, did you say that I thought – I never said Stingray was stupid. I like Stingray. I never said he was stupid. I don't know where you got that from. Well, you just said that you don't ever think he could be a meteorologist. Like, No, no. I, no, I just said I don't think he was ever studying to be a meteorologist. I'm, I'm uh, going to fact check y'all. I'll, I'll tweet it out. I'll fact check you. But uh, I think um, <laughs> I like Stingray. We should take him to the game with us or bring him on the show at least or at least ask him where some good barbecue is around the – Oh, I'd love to hang out. I'd love to hang out with Stingray. Like, I think he's an awesome dude. I hate the way that some fans treat him. Like, the dude has fun. He does it all in good fun too. Like, he's yeah. not tra- – he's not like a trash talker. He's just more like just, having fun. I don't hate Stingray. I just hate the fact that like, you know, the Fine Bomb Show and like other fan bases decide that like that's what Mississippi State fans are. Yeah. It's like they, they like use him as like the representation of like all Mississippi State fans when – like, honestly, most Mississippi State fans hate him. Like, I don't have a problem with him at all because he's just some guy who just loves, like, college football, which we can all relate to. Uh, but, like, I just, you know, at the same time, it's just like he doesn't represent, like, every Mississippi State fan. He's just, like, one guy. Yeah. You know. Let's, uh, let's go and get the schedule so we get this started here. Um, so, overall, the schedule. The fun part. The fun part. Overall, the schedule isn't too tough, especially out of conference. Um, I mean, they do have to go through the West, so there's, there's definitely some losable games on the schedule. But the out of conference um, had good intentions with scheduling Louisville, but Louisville's probably not as not up to par with Alabama, and really not. I don't even think up to par for Louisville standard, standards this year. Um, so I don't think there's there's going to be two tests out of conference. But of course, the West is it's going to be tough. And they they have their their East games with uh, Tennessee and Missouri, so not too tough. Sorry, JB, not too tough out of conference, but we'll see. We'll see. So let's let's go ahead and get started. Um, it kicked off kick off the year uh, playing Louisville on September first, which I, I don't know if that's the Monday night game or not. It's the Labor Day. It's not. It's a Saturday. It's a it's a Saturday night game. Right. It's going to be uh, played in Orlando. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, fact checker JB. <laughs> so we'll we'll start with this. I think this is going to be a pretty easy win. I think uh, Tua's. I think they're going to play a mixture. I think they're going to play both Tua and Jalen here just to keep us keep us excited. But I think I think Alabama is just too talented to keep it simple. I think they're too talented for Louisville, too good on offense. Um, I think the offense will pretty much take over and impose their will on Louisville's defense. So I just think it's going to be too much talent for Louisville to handle. So we'll start with uh, JB and then turn it over to Holt. Oh yeah, this game's going to be way too easy. Yeah, you look at the body. 
in his entire tenure at Alabama, the first game, like, he is always on top of it. Like, he doesn't – they don't know they don't how to play bad in their first game. Like, you always see how good they are. <laughs> and uh, they're always the most prepared team. Like, that's actually the scariest time to play Alabama's the first game of the season because no team is ever more prepared for its first game than games. This game is going to be ugly. I don't see this game being close whatsoever. Oh, um, yeah, well, obviously Louisville loses Lamar Jackson. Um, and uh, one thing I can say from watching the Mississippi State-Louisville bowl game last year is Louisville really isn't that talented of a team. I mean, they – you know, it was like Lamar Jackson, like, all by himself on that team. There was no – like, they didn't have any big-time receivers. Their defense was was not good. They did not have playmakers on their defense. So, like, I just don't know uh, how they're really going to match up in this game. Petrino, obviously, is a really good coach. Maybe uh, – I'm sure they have another quarterback who's going to be pretty good just because, you know, his quarterbacks are always good. Um, so maybe they come out and they can move the ball a little bit on offense, but I just don't see uh, – I just don't see it. Uh, you know, the starting 22 of Louisville versus starting 22 of Alabama is not really very close. So I think this is going to be an easy win. Yeah, I um... – <laughs> Uh, people people talk about Bobby Petrino being a good coach, and I, I kind of like him as a coach, definitely offensively. Um, I think he's a good fit for Louisville, but I just don't think he's a great coach overall, or as great a coach as he gets credit for. Because I mean, if you think about it, they they should have they should have beat Mississippi State. Mississippi State didn't have Dan Mullen, and I think wasn't Fitzgerald out for that game? He had to be. Out. Yeah, they were, yeah, State was playing like a true freshman quarterback with no backup quarterback. Yeah, so they they should have. They should have uh, lost to Louisville, and I just don't know what happens. I mean, I, as a Memphis fan, I hate <laughs> Loserville, as we call them. But um, it's I just don't understand why um, Bob Petrino gets the credit he does. But all right, so we'll, we'll, we'll chalk this up as a win for Alabama. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Arkansas State, but not too much because I think we all think it's a win. But Arkansas State is a um, – they're they're obviously not a power five, but they, they have a pretty good program. They have a lot of good turnover at coaches. I mean, yeah. they keep running through coaches, but they have a lot of good coaches that and they have – um, the guy that's been there for a while now, like Anderson, his fifth year, and yeah, set up his contract so that he um, will stay there longer, not jump to an SEC team. But they've they've had they've had some pretty good teams at Arkansas State. I think Alabama will win this game, but um, Arkansas State's not the Citadel. No, they're not. Arkansas solid program, and they actually finally have some continuity with Blake Anderson being here, and they're probably going to win the Sun Belt Conference this year too. And to add to that, they would give at least half of the SEC teams trouble if they played but Alabama is not one of those teams uh I do think Arkansas State's scrappy they're going to come and play hard they're going to be motivated but Alabama is just going to be way too talented as long as Saban has these guys you know ready to go which he always does Saban's players are always prepared for Saban is not one of those coaches that's going to lay an egg against bad opponents I could this game will be probably you know go into halftime it might be close going into halftime but Alabama will enforce its will in the second half um, we'll, we'll skip over for you for Arkansas State. We'll just ask you real quick. Do you think um, Arkansas State's going to actually beat Alabama? Uh, no. Okay, thanks. Then we'll get you to talk about Ole Miss and JB to talk about the next game. So, uh, we'll first start with JB. Do you think do you think Alabama's going to beat Ole Miss at Ole Miss now? At Ole Miss in the Grove, they might have you know Ole Miss. They um, they might they might lose a football game, but they never lose a tailgate. So, do you think Ole Miss can actually beat them? One one word, yes. Or no. Yeah, uh, well, are you asking if Ole Miss can win? No, 
Uh, <laughs> All right. Trick question. But, yeah, it was a trick question. I kind of tricked myself on that one. But... <laughs> you did. You did. Like, geez. Come on, Alex. <laughs> hey, you have to, you have to pay attention on the SEC Slow Smoke podcast. We're, we're not. Well, that's why I was paying attention. Like, you always call me out. I'm not paying attention. I'm the one that actually pays attention to the fine details, as Bush Jones would say. <laughs> brick by brick. Okay. Hold, let's, let's elaborate on this Alabama Ole Miss game as much as you can. Uh, we think we think Ole Miss is going to have a good offense, is what we said prior to this. Um, they have good receivers, uh, decent quarterback. Um, Alabama's defense isn't isn't up to par of Alabama standards, but still top 20 defense in the country, one of the top defenses in the SEC. So what do you think about this game, Holt? Um, yeah, this is kind of an interesting matchup, only because – Ole Miss really only has one strength, and that's their wide receiver play. And Alabama really only has one weakness, and that's, you know, maybe their secondary. I don't even know if it's a weakness. It's just kind of a question mark in their secondary. Um, so maybe Ole Miss can hit, like, some big plays in this game and maybe uh, stay in the game. A.J. Brown is uh, probably the best receiver in the country. They got two other receivers who are really good also. Uh, Tayamu played really well, the quarterback, last year. Um, it could be a matchup of two Hawaiian quarterbacks in the SEC. Like, how crazy is that? Uh going into this game. But uh, anyway, I think uh, Ole Miss's offensive line is also, like, pretty solid. Um, Greg Little is going to be a first-round draft pick, and they got a couple other returning starters who are, you know, played a lot and are really good. Um, but I think Alabama is eventually going to find a way to get to uh, Tiamu and force some turnovers. And uh, I like Alabama to pull away in the second half and win by about, you know, 17 to 21 points. Yeah, and don't forget that Ole Miss is – there's not a lot of teams that beat Alabama or Nick Saban in the SEC over the years, but uh, Ole Miss beat them twice. So, um, some, some yeah. fireworks could happen. I don't think it's going to. It's um, not going to be as bad as it was last year. I think Alabama won like 66-3 to last year. I don't think it's going to be that bad. <laughs> I do think uh, – I do think Ole Miss will be able to put a couple touchdowns on the board this year at the very least. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so we're starting off 3-0. No surprises here, 3-0. Uh, Alabama starts year. I I don't know if they're going to be preseason number one, but they'll definitely be preseason top three. I would think. Um, oh, they'll be preseason number one. They'll be preseason number one. You can bet on it. Oh, well, JB JB said bet on it. So I don't know. The only thing I would say is Clemson. Clemson's up there. So, um, but I think Alabama probably will get the credit from that championship. It'll be Alabama. It'll be Alabama. All right. All right. Well, just don't even don't even look at the polls. So JB JB has got the polls on, right up on his in his mind. So just ask him what when Alabama's going to be ranked. Uh, so JB. Oh, it depends what kind of polls we're talking about. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about. Um, Was that a joke, JB? Are you yes, cracking yourself up over there? He, he does moonlight as a comedian every now and then. Uh, yeah. So JB, there's nothing funnier talk? than when JB cracks himself up. Yeah. Like he he literally just made a joke and then started laughing at it. Well, in fairness, it's like a horrible comedian too that laughs at his own jokes. But sometimes I just sometimes I, it's something I think is funny that you're like, what the fuck? In fairness, yeah. I, I do laugh. I do laugh at my jokes a lot. I, I do remember. Also, I remember. Um, I remember JB before we even started this whole podcast thing. JB was saying, "Yeah, um, um, Alex, you're you more like you like you try to be funny. Um, Holt's Holt's got like a like a sarcastic funny, and you know I'm funny just like for uh, for saying stupid shit." <laughs> I was like, "Dang, JB. Like, I guess I won't try to be funny anymore." <laughs> All right, JB, stop laughing and talk about A and M versus Alabama at Alabama. Jimbo's first time against Saban in the SEC. You know, he was a assistant, and you know how Saban is against his former assistants. Um, I mean, I like uh, A&M a lot. I really like uh, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, we discussed in a previous podcast that A&M 
it's going to get better as the season progresses, but it's still going to take a few games for Jimbo Fisher to get his offense installed and get him <clears throat> get him into a rhythm uh, with uh, Starkle as their quarterback. But this game being in Tuscaloosa in that environment, it's not going to be an easy uh, game for AM. I don't really like AM to really have much of a chance in this one. I think they can keep it close, you know, for maybe for. It's just going to be way too much. Uh, Alabama's offense is going to be able to move the ball fairly decently. But in defense, as scrappy as it is, and Alabama is definitely going to win this one. Paul, I'll give you twenty seconds to tell me why Alabama is going to beat A and M. Because Texas A and M runs a pro style offense, the pro style quarterback, and Nick Saban eats those offenses for breakfast. Nick Starkle is going to get strip sacked in like the first quarter of this game. And Alabama's going to score a touchdown, and they're going to win by, like, 30 points. He, he eats pieces of shit for breakfast? <laughs> That's a Happy Gilmore Happy reference. Gilmore reference. Happy there you Gilmore go. reference. You had to be there. To, Sh- to shout, out, shout out to Vern Lundquist. <laughs> and shout out to Shooter McGavin. Man, he killed it. But, no, he, didn't, he could beat Happy. Um, JB, have you seen Happy Gilmore? Long-ass time ago. Okay, so we can't keep up. So we're, we're going to have to keep the references just to um, – what Harold Kumar for you, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll say uh, Alabama's gonna start four and zero, beat A and M because I think they're gonna beat A uh, and M too, um, especially at at Alabama. Even though at one point we did say Tuscaloosa or Bryant Denny was bottom tier home stadium in the SEC, and then we switched that around to be in second tier. Um, but yeah, you gave him some disrespect, Alex. That was some disrespect. Like I, I'm not gonna say that Bryant Denny is uh, an elite stadium. For, for noise in the SEC, but it's definitely not in the bottom tier. It's definitely more in the middle tier. I think Alabama needs to have some mediocre years and then come back they do. They're, year three yeah. for like an, another like – because they're, they're too spoiled right now. They leave after like the third quarter. I think they leave the fourth quarter or sometimes after halftime because they're, they're just used to they winning do. too much. Well, there was a uh, time a few years ago when Saban was getting angry at some of the uh, frat boys that would uh, leave right after halftime and just go back and party. Yeah, just because the game was like twenty-eight nothing. Like Saban is all about having the people there to support. But you know, like we said, like their fans are spoiled. They won a lot, so obviously they're not going to bring the noise every weekend. Even when they play like a top opponent like Auburn, it's still not going to be as loud there as like when the fans are at Auburn when they're hosting Alabama. Well, uh, we'll we'll skip over the next one against Louisiana, even though it's the flagship university of the state of Louisiana. J.K. LSU, we we love you. Um, we think LSU is a little bit better than Louisiana, but. Um, we'll say Alabama's going to beat Louisiana at home, uh, and they're going to pay Louisiana like $10 million just to come hang out in Tuscaloosa for a few hours and get shit kicked out of them, um, which Mac Jones could start, could start, so he could get keep his uh, keep his red shirt and still start this game to play. But um, we'll say they're going to start off, was that 3-4-5-0 and, oh, and go to Arkansas, um, take on Arkansas at, at Arkansas, so – uh, we'll give this one to JB to talk, and we'll let Paul talk about his, his boy Blulock next. So, JB, I think I think um, Alabama's going to beat Arkansas. We already did the Arkansas pre- preview, so I think Alabama's going to win this one. Um, I think um, Chad Morris has, has a high-powered offense or will have a high-powered offense one day, but not against Alabama. So what do you say? Oh, no. I, I, th- I don't really see this game being close at all. Alabama's just way too talented. Uh, Chad Morris, he has a really fun, exciting offense, really dynamic, and but he doesn't have the pieces in place yet to go against Alabama. Even though he's, his offense has success in the past against Alabama, it's not going to have success in this game. He doesn't have the pieces yet. Okay, hold one, one, one word. 
win or loss against Arkansas? Uh, it's going to get ugly for Arkansas. Okay. So that wasn't one word, but. Yeah. Well, win. you know what? Let's just talk about Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we try to keep this. Just not as well, I was just going to say ugly, but then that just made it sound like it was going to be ugly for Alabama. And I was like, well, because that's who we're talking about. Like, this is – it's going to be an ugly game, but, uh, you know, just to clarify, it's uh, going to be ugly for Arkansas. Oh, you really need to stop eating that eating those pieces of shit for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, Probably I, should. I can laugh at my jokes too. <laughs> All right. So, Man, so- what, about the, what about this disrespect in this next home game against Missouri, Alex? Uh, this next home game is going to be homecoming. Right. Dude, oh, Drew, Drew, Drew Locke is not going to be happy about this. Yeah, Drew Locke, I mean, I mean, whole, whoa, 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 Drew Locke, show him, show him what's up. And like, hey, I'm going to win the Heisman. My wiener's bigger than all y'all's. Uh, he, may, he might just do that, honestly. That may be his pregame speech to the team. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, I'm actually glad we're finally talking about this game because, you know, when you look at Alabama's schedule every year, you can pretty much pencil in 11 wins. But there's always there's always one like random loss again aside from the 2016 season and the 2009 season, they had at least one loss in the regular season, and when I look at their schedule this year, it's really hard for me to find a game that I think they're going to lose, uh, besides Auburn. Um, but I think this could potentially be uh, a little bit of a trap game for Alabama. Um, I think Missouri's uh, pretty underrated going into the season this year. Uh, I know JB's going to, uh, you know, talk about Derek Dooley and how he's, like, going to be a horrible offense coordinator. And he might be. I th- I was definitely scratching my head about that hire as well. But I think Drew Locke is uh, – I legitimately do think he's a Heisman contender. I mean, I know we joke around a lot about me being, like, all up on his nuts or whatever, as Alex likes to say. But uh, I'm a big fan of Drew Locke. And he's got a big arm. He's got some really good weapons on offense. Um, and I think I think they're going to be able to uh, put a scare into Alabama in this game. I think it's going to be a close game late in the fourth quarter. I think Alabama's depth is going to take over at some point because they're just way more talented than Missouri overall. And I do think Alabama is going to find a way to win this game. But I think it's going to be a really, really good game. And I think that Missouri is going to be in a position to win it late in the game. But I think Alabama is going to find a way. JB, you have less than 30 seconds. We'll give you 22 seconds. We gave Holt 20 seconds. We'll give you 22 mm. seconds. A little bit longer. <laughs> okay. Well, his, history has shown with Alabama defenses, if there's ever a weakness that they have, it's against offenses that are really good at throwing the football and that have physical receivers and a great, uh, you know, gunslinging quarterback. That's what Missouri has. And if Missouri's going to win, they're going to have to, you know, throw, shred their defense and throw it all over the field. And I do see Drew Locke having some success in this game. I mean, we saw Chad Kelly have some success against the Alabama defense in the same similar offense system. Uh, but Alabama's uh, offense is still going to be able to control the game, especially with be able to run the ball and keep the ball away from Drew Locke and that Missouri offense. And having time of possession in Alabama's favor and, and being at home, and their defense will make enough stops to Alabama will definitely win, but I think it'll be a lot closer than the experts think, as Lee Corso would say. Yeah, um, you disregarded the twenty-two seconds, but that's fine. I mean, do your thing, JB. Uh, whatever. <laughs> we'll um, do my thing. Yeah, we'll we'll um, we'll keep this a little bit shorter here. Um, we'll, we'll just ask, we'll ask Holt first. Uh, can one word hold? Now I'm gonna trust you that you can do this. Now one word, yes 
or no, will Alabama beat Tennessee at Tennessee? You know, rivalry game here. Uh, yeah. Okay, that was one and a half, but it's fine. So we'll get JB to talk about his his favorite school of all time, the University of Tennessee. Uh, third Saturday in October, rivalry. Uh, first year for Jeremy Pruitt. He does know the inside inside scoop at Alabama because he coached there for a year, and um, he's ready to show everybody that his team plays defense too. Uh, do you think this would be close? How how I, I'm assuming you think Alabama's gonna win, but how close do you think they can keep it? Um, I mean, I guess I can give Tennessee the benefit of the doubt. Uh, it's a home game. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt knows Alabama system in and out. He knows their defense well. It's the same exact defense he runs. Uh, he knows their offense well. He, he coached and practiced against it every day for two years. So you know they'll be uh, a lot more prepared than other teams that play Alabama. But Tennessee does not have the uh, depth that Alabama has either. Tennessee still has some athletes left over, but they weren't developed under Bush Jones. And it's going to take some time for uh, Jeremy Pruitt to get those guys developed. And also the depth is just not as good as it used to be just because of all the turnover. So this game might be close. You know, they'll, be, they'll play hard. They'll be scrappy. I'll, I'll say I'll say, but I'll, I don't say I don't say Tennessee's offense moving at all against the Alabama defense. That's, that's my biggest concern. I don't think Tennessee's defense is going to – play bad, but they're just going to get gassed. I'll say the, the line for this game would be like 14 to 17 points. Do you think you think Alabama will win by more than 17 points? I think Alabama will win, but I think Alabama wins comfortably by about two or three scores. But it won't be like an absolute blowout, but it'll be comfortably. God dang it. Like, 20, like 20, 28 to 10 or something like that? Or 28 to yeah, 13? I was not twenty to thirteen. That's too close. I was I was thinking something more like twenty seven to six. Okay, dang it. Yeah, I said I said I said twenty eight, not twenty. But sorry. Yeah. yeah. Also, also said, do you think they can keep it under? Do you think Alabama win by more than seventeen points? Said, yeah, I think they'll keep it at like two or three scores. Like that's literally both sides <laughs> of the number. It is. Well, I mean, I'm I'm saying twenty seven to six. So that's technically three scores. But JB likes to JB likes to hedge his his uh, his bets. <laughs> He's a hedger. Um, all right, so we'll we'll go to the next. So still undefeated. I think we're up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and no. Um, going to Baton Rouge playing at Tiger Stadium now. Um, we we've said before that LSU is down. It's probably going to be down this year, but as Holt pointed out previously, um, LSU does uh, keep this game pretty close, especially at LSU. I'm sure it's going to be a night game. I wish it could be a night game. I don't know because it'll be um, it should be the CBS 2:30 game. Uh, 2.30 Central, but it also should be a night game because it's LSU and it's more fun. Yeah. Than it, so. Well, usually CBS does like the, the doubleheader on this day and uh, makes the, okay, makes the makes second CBS game the night game. Well, yeah, that, CBS uh, has got to – they got to get rid of this being the, uh, the doubleheader game. Like the Alabama LSU game hasn't really been the premier game in the last few years, if I have to be yeah. completely honest. But like the other thing too is there aren't like a lot of midseason matchups that are that great. Like uh, – is like there used to be because Alabama's big, biggest game every year is Auburn. So, I mean, that's obviously going to be the CBS game every year. But, like, there aren't any, like, during the season for them to double up on, you know what I mean? Like, there's usually yeah. not, like, those, those that, like, big national game because Alabama is always the only team that, you know, I, people I also, are following. I also don't think you can, um, like, no matter what the teams, how the teams are ranked or not ranked, I don't think you can like not have this on CBS. I don't think you can not have LSU and Alabama not on CBS. I just think that the history of the teams is there's too it's too good of a game to not put it on CBS and be the premier game for the league. Well, one thing, let me say real quick 
the next weekend might actually be the weekend they do the doubleheader because it's going to be Mississippi State at Alabama and Auburn at Georgia. Oh, yeah. So well, the, those, are, those are probably going to be the four best teams in the SEC, and they're all playing each other the same day. So maybe they could do it that day instead. I don't know. So maybe this will be a regular day game. I think they get two, but they'll probably do one, like, earlier in the season. Okay. All right, so we'll yeah, play. I agree. I think Auburn, Auburn, Georgia is definitely the one they should do for the doubleheader, and that should be the premier night game. If I right. Pick one. So, Jamie, don't yeah. get a little too, don't get too butthurt, but we're gonna go, we're gonna go hold back to back here in the next few games. Um, That's cool. Uh, we're talking Alabama at LSU. Hold. What you got? Yeah, I mean, I, just like I was saying, just like we said on the LSU preview, this even when Alabama should win by like thirty-five points, this is always like a close game. Um, LSU has a lot of pride um, in this game. I think talent-wise, they're very similar to Alabama. Usually Nick Saban plays this game really conservative. Um, so I think it, it will be a close game. It's at LSU. It's going to be a huge game. I don't think LSU is going to be the best team this year. I think they're going to be struggling to even make a bowl game this year, to be honest. Um, I think LSU – I think Ed Orgeron is going to be on his way out. But just like I said, they always find a way to make this game close. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is a kind of a low-scoring, ugly game. But obviously, I'm going to pick Alabama to win because I think they have, you know, Nick Saban compared to Ed Orgeron is like, you know, I, I can't even think of like a comparison that would be <laughs> equal to that. But it's basically like the best of all time versus, you know, somebody who honestly probably shouldn't even be like a Division One head football coach. Buddy Stevens. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you remember the, the game last year? The last two games, uh, last two years um, have been close. But last year, I remember watching it. It wasn't that exciting. I got super excited for it. And no. It wasn't really that exciting. No. But it's, it's a good game in general. It's just um, it wasn't it hasn't lived up to being a great game itself, the actual game. But um, we'll, we'll ask JB real quick. One word. Uh, will Alabama beat LSU at LSU? Yes. Okay. Then we'll kick it back to Holt for Mississippi State. So they're now 9-0 playing Mississippi State, who's probably has a good record at this point, too. Um, they probably might have been tripped up against uh, Auburn, but uh, Mississippi State still probably definitely a top 25 team, maybe a top 20 team, top 15 team. Um, playing uh, Mississippi State at home. Uh, you mentioned defensive line being good. Very good, very good front seven. Um, we have Nick Fitzgerald, which uh, Saban has trouble with, as we mentioned earlier. As um, JB says, good good throwing quarterbacks, but I think he really has trouble with the dual threat quarterbacks even more. Um, so, do you think do you think Mississippi State's going to give him some trouble? I mean, it's at Alabama, but I still think Mississippi State's going to be tough for them. Yeah, I mean, this you know these big games are. Uh, I'm a little hesitant when picking Mississippi State this year, uh, just because Joe Moorhead is a new head coach and he's. You know, it's his first time in the SEC. I know he's a head coach at, at the FCS level, but, uh, you know, it's just kind of – I'm not really sure what he's going to be in year one. Um, Mississippi State has a lot of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they gave Alabama a really tough game last year, a game they could have won. Um, the Alabama needed a touchdown like the last, like, 30 seconds of the game to win. Um, but, yeah, I think – I don't think Mississippi State is going to come into this game, like, afraid. Uh, I don't think they're going to be intimidated by Alabama after last year's game. I think they feel like they should have won the game last year, and they're really going to come out with a chip on their shoulder uh, in this game. 
I think it's all going to come down to Joe Moorhead and uh, what kind of an offensive game plan he has going into this game. Uh, but I think Mississippi State's defense uh, has the ability and the talent to keep Mississippi State in the game. Uh, to me, it's going to depend all on Joe Moorhead calling the game and what you know what can he dial up. I think Alabama is going to win this game. It's obviously, you know, Alabama hasn't lost to Mississippi State in like ten years, so uh, it's obviously really easy to pick them um, going into this game. But I, I could see Mississippi State winning this game. This game may be for the SEC West if uh, Mississippi State can beat Auburn earlier in the year. So, uh, yeah, not not to not to ramble too much, uh, but yeah, this should be a really good game. Uh, should be a really close game, I think. But I think Alabama will win. It's uh, it's funny you mentioned that the last time they Mississippi State beat Alabama was a while. I think it was more than ten years ago. It was, I think, I know it was it was pre Saban. I think it was. No, it was Saban's first year. Was his first year? Yeah. Okay, I remember. I remember maybe it wasn't Saban's first year, but I remember one one time when Mississippi State beat Alabama. I think it was Sylvester Crim coaching. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that day. I came over to your house wearing a Mississippi State shirt when you were an Alabama fan. You're like, you had to pick that shirt because. I um, back in the day, everybody when you're young, you pick different teams. You switch teams every year. I feel like I, I liked Mississippi State when I was younger. I still kind of like them a little bit, just because I liked the SEC and I wanted to pick an SEC team. And they hate Ole Miss, which Memphis hates Ole Miss. So kind of like Mississippi State, and you liked Alabama, which is weird now thinking about it because you like Mississippi State, and I don't really care for Mississippi State or Alabama now. But it's kind of funny. I remember that happening so long ago. But that was that was a bad um, bad loss for Alabama. A good one for Mississippi State back in the day. Yeah, Sylvester, Sylvester Croom was not good at many things, but he could beat Alabama. Yeah. Um, JB, since this is a premier game on their schedule, I'll, let you, I'll give you the, the chance to elaborate on what Holt said for Mississippi State. Uh, well, I was actually just going to give you a one-word answer. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, then. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, Alabama is going to win this one. So, we're going to go with the win for Alabama against State. If this right. game was in Starkville, it'd be different. But All right, and then – then we'll we'll say um, we'll say they beat the Citadel next, even though it's the Citadel. Uh, Wes, uh, hold real quick. Do you think? Do you know? Can you tell me where the Citadel is located? Uh, somewhere in South Carolina, isn't it? Is it in Charleston? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Somewhere in South Carolina. I don't know exactly, but I was just expecting the state. I didn't. I didn't know the details. So then we'll um, we'll uh, say Alabama's going into the Iron Bowl undefeated. 11-0 against Auburn, looking for revenge in Tuscaloosa. So uh, we'll give this one to JB. Do you think Alabama can revenge last year's loss against Auburn? Yeah, Alabama's going to win this one. I mean, we already discussed this in the most previous podcast with Auburn. Uh, we we really love Auburn. I absolutely love Auburn. If this game was on the Plains, I would pick Auburn. But just got to give the advantage to Alabama being at home and also to avenge last year's loss too. But both of these teams are – Evenly matched. Both have great offenses with good quarterbacks, outstanding elite defenses, two really good coaches. One is offensive mastermind, another one's a defensive mastermind. It's going to be a great one. This probably this might be one of the best games of the year. It's going to go right final seconds, but Alabama's defense is going to make a play at the end, in my opinion, to win the game and. They will solidify an undefeated regular season. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you. I won't keep it too long, but I just think I think the revenge factor. Uh, we said this last podcast, but the revenge factor for Alabama and being at home, I just think it's gonna be too much for Auburn to handle. So I think I'm a, Alabama's gonna win this game. Oh, you elaborate? Yeah, I like Alabama also, but at the same time, I can see this game going either way. Um, yeah. This should be uh, the probably the biggest game of the year in the SEC. Um, you know, Jared Stidham obviously is 
one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, and they have some big-time receivers as well. So uh, I definitely think Auburn can give Alabama a really good game. Um, it's just I just it's so hard to bet against Nick Saban and Alabama. I mean, it's I, it's like I know they're going to lose one game somewhere, but I just I honestly cannot see it. You know, like I just don't know which game it's going to be. I think this is probably the one game they're going to get up for the most. And uh, if they're going to play their best game, one game, I think it'll be this one. Uh, you know, I think they're going to bring their A game. I think uh, they're going to get the win. They're going to be at home. And, uh, yeah. So here, here's what we'll, we'll wrap up this thing. I mean, they they are – we're predicting them to go 12-0 uh, by game. But I think – I mean, I can agree with you, Holt. I think they'll lose one game in the year somewhere. I don't know where it's going to be, but I think they'll lose one game. Uh, but they could they could very well go into peace. So I think – Baseline is for them is like eleven wins. They'll go undefeated. Also, they'll go SEC championship. Yeah. Also, will playoff. But here's here's some one of my bold predictions for Alabama. I just I don't I think they're good. But I don't think they're the best team in the conference. I think Auburn or maybe Georgia might be a little bit better. But that's um, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama won the SEC and was the national championship again yeah. this year. Well, they have an easier schedule than Auburn for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama definitely got the better draw this year with the schedule this year with hosting Mississippi State and Auburn, and obviously don't have to play Georgia until the SEC championship. Where and uh, so yeah, so we think twelve and zero, maybe one or one loss, um, SEC championship college football playoff, and really like to for another team in the SEC to win the championship just so we could uh, say somebody else besides Alabama is good in the SEC because everybody just like oh Alabama's carrying the SEC. It's like no, the SEC is good in general, but um, Alabama does win the majority of it. Uh, so we're wrapping this up. Uh, we'll ask Holt real quick. Is there any good barbecue that you know of or any good food in Tuscaloosa besides Dreamland? There is Saul's, I remember, but Dreamland, I think it's the go-to. Tuscaloosa? I, I don't know. Um, JB? Just like I said, I think Dreamland is the only place I've been to that's uh, that's Boy, in Tuscaloosa. Let me ask this before JB. Talks. I was gonna, I was gonna give you, I was gonna give you the place, uh, the place that uh, the Bryant's favorite barbecue place in Tuscaloosa is Archibald's. That's actually oh yeah, to be that's right. Best uh, barbecue. Oh. That's supposed to be the best barbecue, honestly. Dreamland's more of the tourist trap, but Archibald, I think Archibald's is where more of the uh, locals go, and that was Bear Bryant's go-to. Spot. Where, where did Todd Blackledge or whatever his name is go for Taste of the Town in Tuscaloosa? Was he at Dreamland? Uh, well, he once went to the way he once went to Waysider, which was a more of a breakfast plate, and one and he also did go to Archibald's in one episode as well. We're gonna have to try it out. Maybe maybe some of our fans will invite us over for some breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, any any last words from JB or Holt before we sign off here? Go ahead, JB. You got something? Go ahead. Go ahead, say it, JB. Say it. Don't don't disappoint me. Uh, there's nothing really to say. <laughs> Jamie, how do we start? Row damn tide. What? Just say, say one more time. Row damn tide. No, Did you poison those trees, JB? No, Paul. I didn't poison. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our time. Is you up. think I? You think I can? <laughs> our time is up. Uh, thanks for listening, all all three of three or four of you. Actually, we, we had more listeners, so we do appreciate uh, more than three people listening besides our parents and girlfriends and JB sides. <laughs> Love you, mom. Yeah. All right. We'll see you all later next week or next week, as in tomorrow or another day. We'll be previewing um, uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State in the next up. So we'll see you all then. Peace. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app.
free for iOS and Android.